Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Mauda Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuel.family. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at dannyvega.ms, at fatfueledmom, and at fatfueledkids, and fatfueledfamily on YouTube. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Show. I am your host, Danny, and I'm joined by my beautiful, uh, non-combed hair wife right now. I had, uh, what's it called now? had the space. Carla calls them space buns. The space buns. They're basically I actually, pigtail buns. I really, really love them. I was going to go pee them, but then I didn't. You could do them. I love them. They're really cute, my love. I love them. All right. Uh, quick announcements, guys, before uh, we get into this episode, which was awesome, by the way. This was like... So many of our ideas and our philosophies, um, in a full circle, right? Like, yeah. you know, we talked about this topic doesn't get as much. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, even when it does, it's almost like a foregone conclusion that people are going to go the medical route. Yeah. And so I think this was just something really, really cool. And we just really got along with our guest. Um, quick announcements. First of all, the link for this year's Rock Body Retreat is up. I'm going to be putting it in the show notes. And that's going to be $7.99 per person. Guys, we did this last year. It's That's amazing. Yeah, it, right? How many nights? So it's May 13th through the 17th. It's all inclusive. It's going to be and at it's the Fives. At the Fives oh Beach. Gosh, you guys are just... tell, tell them what you think, you know, because I'm always talking about it. That's basically like a, you're staying at like a luxury It's a full diamond resort. But it feels like luxury residences. Yeah. There. And I actually think people live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, remember when we were walking, there was like a pool outside every single hotel uh, building. Yeah. They had a There was seven pool, pools, I think. Seven pools. And so when we would walk out to the beach, like, I just saw people that like, just live there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good life. <laughs> I was like, these people totally live there. Just having those like little monkeys just walking around. and Yeah, um, we're excited. Yeah, it's all inclusive. So Really um, nice photo ops. Oh, definitely. Oh, my Remember gosh. That? So many different I places there. I slacked last time. This time, you know I'm on it. Oh, dude, guys. Like, there's like, what is that uh, pattern that you love? The black and white? I uh, guess. Uh, is it called Chevron? Yeah, no, Chevron. Well, Chevron. Yeah, Chevron. Yeah, yeah. I so, did post a picture on that one. So there's that. There's like wooden areas. There's there's just a whole bunch of like really pretty cool picture ops. Picture mm-hmm. ops. And then, you know, I'm going to be leading some morning workouts along with some other world-class trainers. It's just, look, last year we had 100 people in the middle of a pandemic. And this year we actually bought 100 rooms. So we expect like 250 people to come. Um, so exciting. Yeah. So, uh, including the winners of my program, by the way. Oh, yeah. We already. The Fat Field Physique program. We picked those winners, yeah. which Super two of exciting. them, two of them will be going. And you guys will be hearing about that as well. Um, I'm also going to be sharing my protein pancake was- uh, recipe. That I'm, I'm going to just put that in the show notes here. Um, and I bring that up because the product that I use, the, the protein, is made by the same company that I've been using their, their supplement for recovery. And it's called Recovery. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, like, seriously, guys, I, I covered 276 miles in the month of January. I, I got 21 lifting workouts in. You know, I really ran my body into the ground as much as possible. And this... Mm-hmm. I really did like, and this sub, this, 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 um, supplement just really was helpful. It's molecular hydrogen. You can read all about it. There's published, pub, uh, published research, mm-hmm. um, at molecularhydrogenstudies.com. They got over 480 studies. So definitely check that out. And Is now to that in the show notes. Yeah. Everything's going to be in the show notes for everybody to see. So take a look at that guys. If you spend $50 once on either of these products, whether it's the protein for the pancakes or the recovery, uh, that gets you VIP pricing for the year, which means you get 20% off for the year. And then the other cool thing is that if you spend 100 bucks, you get free shipping. So I personally would recommend um, getting the buy three, get one free if you really want to try out the recovery, or you can try you know, a few of the recovery, bottle of protein, whatever. Um, you guys know I'm not someone who gets my protein from, from actual powders, um, but it's a great ingredient for snacks and things like that so (laughs) definitely check it out and uh now let's talk to you a little bit about our guest is via to a keto diet fertility and mindset coach 
Leah has a YouTube channel called Resilient Fertility, where she educates women on how to reset their fertility engine and start their way to expanding their family by building a resilient, fertile body. The goal of Resilient Fertility is to provide you with the information that will allow you to get pregnant in a natural way by switching your fuel source from primarily glucose to fat. This can balance your hormones and help your body restore the minerals and vitamins that it needs in order to fertilize the soil, which supports a healthy pregnancy. We really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take a quick minute to talk about our sponsor, Keto Brick. As you guys know, I have been around since the very beginning when it was just an idea, when Robert was getting ready for the show that took him pro and he needed something to help him hit his macros. And I've seen it grow into the company it is today. Um, just so proud of my friend and I'm so proud of the company he's built, the people he's been able to help as he has several people who work for them. And so he's actually helping people make a living doing this now, which is just unbelievable and so inspirational to me. If you don't know what keto bricks are, they are shelf-stable fat bombs for lack of a better term they are 1,000 calorie bricks and they have great ingredients they have ketogenic macros usually like 88 to 90 grams of fat with 30 grams of protein and then the carbs are anywhere from 9 to 14 super low carb super keto friendly and you can do all types of cool stuff with them I tell everybody my favorite is keto brick cereal I chop it up into little chunks and serve it with a bowl of cereal with uh, almond milk or goat milk which is my favorite they have several flavors they now have vegan and whey options so they have the whey protein peanut butter as well as the old school pea protein peanut butter which either one of them is easily in my top two go back and forth between those and the toasted almond coconut so definitely go to www.ketobrick.com get yourself some bricks and use vega for a chance to win a whole month supply of bricks hey leah it's great to have you how are you i'm very well thank you so much for having me <laughs> we're so happy to have you on the show yeah, this is an important subject. And definitely. I don't think we've actually had anyone like specifically come on and speak about this topic. We've had, you know, like dietitians and just other people kind Anthony. of just, yeah, Anthony J talk about the epigenetic part of it, but not someone like you who, this is what you do. This is like what you're dedicating all your time to, just an expert. So we are really excited to get this conversation started. And we always lead with the question, what is the most critical problem you are currently trying to solve? All right, so this is really big and I love it. And thank you for the opportunity to actually bring it out there and being able to um, say it out loud. And it is really big. Um, and I would say it like that. Um, we're trying to solve reverse infertility and bring to the awareness of each woman and man that as long as we were born with eggs and sperm and we're capable to produce more sperm, we're capable to get pregnant naturally. It's really important to understand that. And that's my mission in my business. Everything that I do is to get this information out there that we were born to be parents and we can do this in the most natural yes. way. When we give our body the right environment and the right nutrition to yeah. perform um, in that area in our life. I love that. And I love your approach. It's all a whole thing. There's so many layers. Yes. So, you know, when we're talking about the alternative solution that is out there, we know that IVF, IUI, all of these treatments, medications are there to solve one symptom only. It's like we're saying to a diabetic people, the, uh, person that we're going to solve your diabetes by giving you insulin. Correct. This is not solving the problem. It's, it's solving, it gives treatment to one symptom, but it does not solve the problem. Exactly the same is the IVF. And this is where the medical system, just like in other areas, other uh, prevention of other disease, or medicated other uh, diseases um, in infertility, they do exactly the same. 
So you do it as good in installing fear and installing understanding that a woman cannot, sometimes is not capable to make it happen for herself naturally. And this is a lie. It's an absolute lie. So we are in a place right now where over 30% of the population in America and by the way, worldwide is infertile. So how do we define infertility? When a couple is trying, or a woman by herself, is trying to get pregnant consistently by month by month over one year. Now, we know that the rates are over 30%, but we really don't know about all the women that are not going to the doctor, that are not checking themselves, right? right? So it's probably way higher More. than what it is. And so everything that we're learning from social media is that it's okay. It's not your fault. You know, we have all of this blaming on somebody else and not enough taking responsibility. And I'm saying taking responsibility and not sink into blame and guilt. There's a difference. difference. There is a difference here, okay? There is, I have a certain condition that I'm in and I'm taking full responsibility for the choices that I've made so far in my life, whether I was conscious or not conscious, whether I was knowledgeable or I refused to know. And I was just like, I don't want to know this, all all of these things. Whatever it is, I'm going to take full responsibility for my current condition. And then from there, I'm going to say, okay, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to reverse this. And that's the beauty. Our body is so resilient and it gives us so many chances and it can take us back to where we're supposed to be so fast. And this is really, really important to understand because often when a woman comes to a point where she is trying and trying and trying and doesn't work for her, she starts to form a belief that she can't, that It's genetic, right? Just like you said. That it's um, something is wrong with me. I'm not capable. And we're even talking here about women that already had children before and lost the capability because of, again, environmental and nutritional decisions that they made throughout their way. And so now they're literally looking for any information outside of themselves that will reassure their new belief. And then they take the next step. Maybe I should go to a fertility uh, doctor. And then when they get there, it's done. It's done. Their brain is now knows only one thing. I am infertile. I have a problem. And without medication, I will not be able to solve this. And listen, guys, I have nothing against IVF. Okay? I'm just saying that It's just not a solution. So many women are convinced at this point that it's their acceleration process. This is how they will get there faster. And so every fertility doctor that you go to today will tell you that if you want to increase your uh, success rate, you must supplement, supplement. How ironic is that, right? You must supplement with better nutrition and change some of your daily habits. Every doctor that has some, you know, common sense will say that to that lady. But their job is to eventually prescribe the process, the cycle, the medicine that will suit this woman. So they're doing very, very well in what they're supposed to do. So they're doing their job. That's their job. They're doing their job amazingly. But the second half is where they lack the information. So they don't know what's the diet to prescribe because it's not their job. It's not in their education. They don't even want to understand that because uh, to be honest, it just doesn't really serve their business. And once they get to understand the truth, it's going to be really painful for them. So, So this is the thing, you know, I'm going a lot 
on Facebook groups and um, uh, Instagram is huge in the infertility. There's trillions of hashtags related to infertility. And, and it's an epidemic by itself. And very, very often you would see posts like, I'm good. I don't need any more advice. I'm done. I got this. I know what to do. Let me go. There's so much emotional, you know, uh, so much sensitivity. It's a topic that it's extremely difficult to talk about on social media. All women are going to social media to receive compassion, to receive understanding from other women that are going through the process. Instead of receiving advice, so often, you know, sometimes I will answer some of the posts that women are putting their stories out there, and I will try to put their direction into a different thought, and I will get some hate. Some hate. And, yeah. Yeah. and it just, just shows me the level of defense mode that the woman gets into when she gets to that point. When she is ready to medicate herself and stab herself every single day and say to herself, okay, I did everything I, I could instead of saying, wait, what is going on here? Is this normal? Is this how it should be like? You know, like really, really be honest with yourself and check in. And so here's a, st- a striking piece of information. For me, it's, it was really mind-blowing when I started to understand who are the women that I can help most, okay? So I went out there and I see that there is two types of infertile women. Number one is the one that it's written on the wall, right? She is overweight significantly clearly she has an unhealthy lifestyle that she needs to start changing it's there okay but what was amazing to me is that there are way more women out there that are fit that are in great shape like relatively lean bodies you know very mindful about health and fitness and look pretty vibrant and and healthy. You know, like if this woman will walk next to me in the street, I would never assume that she has this kind of issue that she's dealing with. And I was shocked to learn that this is most of women that are suffering from infertility. And surprise, surprise, I was this person. You know, (laughs) I was always fit. really like relatively healthy, right? I was a personal trainer for over a decade and spending a ton of time in the gym. I still spend a ton of time in the gym. And I was like, wow. But then when I started to dig into uh, understanding fitness, nutrition, and realizing that really, why is this happening? Okay, so why is this happening? Most of these women are basically on a pretty low fat diet. Yes. And also on a low-carb <laughs> diet. So low-fat, low-carb, and in, in a constant conversation with calories, with counting, with weighing. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> I have pictures on my Instagram of myself walking with my six-pack little baggie when my six meals were <laughs> taken. Oh, my gosh. Which, yeah. you know, <laughs> what, what is it? Oh, the six-pack bag. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that thing. <laughs> I was so upset when they took away my ice packs in the airport because they don't allow it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so I have pictures of myself being this person. And wait, I have tons of pictures on my social media posting my how I ate my six, seven meals a day with my lean chicken breast and a little bit of lettuce. And, you know, I competed in bodybuilding. So I really understand how does a diet that is for a woman that is looking for those fitness goals should look like? And so that, everything I know today, it really totally makes sense that this will be the most likely women that will suffer from PCOS, from endometriosis, and whatever the reason is that they're not capable to conceive, 
it's there. It makes total sense. So these are the two this types. Is, this is, and the second type is yeah. really, really tricky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, those are, I mean, it's, it's kind of, um, it's just because people are so focused on appearances, you know, like, and they, are. they don't, they don't, they're not thinking about like mineral status, you know. Everything is about losing weight, like yeah. weight. And all the things that feed our, our hormones and our, you know, neurotransmitters and all those things. But I mean, you talked about obvious that you went through this. So um, I, I just, you know, we've had several guests in the past to talk about things revolving around this. Um, but I would like to know just in your, in your opinion, what are the, the most important areas? Like, so you mentioned dietary and you mentioned um, environmental. We'd love for you to kind of talk about those two because you mentioned, of course, low carb, uh, but then at the same time, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the patient, the, the person does need fat. Right. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, from the environmental side, what people can be doing. Cause that one's really important that one's huge, And that one's neglected too. Like that, Super neglected. most people go to diet, like, you know, if they're going to go to something and they're trying to be holistic, I think they would go to the diet first, mm -hmm. maybe exercise, but we don't think about environmental or lifestyle, yes. like yep. stress and stuff like that. So yeah. 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 And, and the, the environmental to toxins and, and the toxins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So fantastic. I love to talk about this, not uh, less than I love to talk about nutrition. So, cause it's, it's also very uh, related. Um, environment so clearly there's a lot of toxins so we find estrogen almost in everything that we consume today yeah. and you know uh, I don't want any woman to be confused after watching hearing this and look for estrogen in the ingredients of her shampoo because it's not going to be there okay so right, um, right. we have to understand that there's a lot of um, other names for estrogen that just like there's a lot of other names for sugar and we learn yep, to exactly. identify that exactly. um there is a lot of other names to estrogen and basically we can give some rule of thumbs um in terms of using uh ingredients so when a woman is struggling with getting pregnant she obviously needs to be more cautious and take the next next level of taking care of her environment. So everything that is related to mold, moldy environment, so mold has a lot of estrogen in it, um, smells. So in America... Um, oh my gosh, yes. Oh, the smells. Yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, what do we call those? What are the, the smells? Parabens. Parabens, yeah. So in America, um, what's the name of that uh, uh, essential oil? Um, the flower lavender 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 yes, yes lavender. is actually super super estrogenic okay so whenever we want to search for estrogens i will refer to a great book estrogeneration i love it he covers all the estrogens <laughs> that you love it right that's one of our closest friends <laughs> that's one of our good friends Amy i go Jay. i go hunting with him yeah he's, he's, yeah. he's like the author? yeah he's like a brother. yeah the author Yes. yes, the author. So I that book blew our minds. Definitely. So he's pointing on that there. And um it's 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 a very common thing in America using candles and essential oils and uh, you know, lavender is everywhere. And there's so many things. So definitely when I talk with clients is lotions, shampoos, detergents. Uh, everything that this uh, smell creates, smells, essences in the house, all of these things yes. needs to be replaced, removed completely from our atmosphere, from the, the houses, from the everywhere. Even if it's in your office, really try to get away from that. Everything that touches your skin, okay, everything that yeah. is going through your breath and all of your senses is really need to be clean and filtered and get as close as it can to three to four ingredients in there. So if you're using yes, a sure. shampoo that you buy, I don't know where, that body, uh, it's, it's horrible. I mean, it's just all about smell, right? Yeah, there's terrible. no, yeah. there's several companies yeah. right now that are starting to produce cosmetics that are um, animal fat based. And I highly recommend to switch to those. I have to admit, 
they don't usually have the best smell. They don't usually have even like the best uh, maybe feeling. But hey, these are also things that we're just conditioned to to think about yes. in a certain way. And, you know, I just started to buy for my toddlers uh, a different shampoo from a new company that I'm just trying. So I don't know if I want to recommend it yet, but I use it for myself. I didn't really like it. It just felt greasy and like weird because she puts coconut oil and and tallow in there. It's amazing. I want these things on my body, but I want them to feel good also. So, yes. <laughs> yes. And there's no SLS either. Yeah, that's we're, going to, we're going to support them and we're going to give them feedback and we're going to let them evolve, right? Because this is what we're doing. Right. We're going to help them. And But this is definitely what I, I will recommend. So we're going to pay attention to environment. So that's some consumption, right? Oftentimes, the doctor would say, well, you need to take vitamin D. That can increase your uh, um, you know, fertility. But how much are you exposed to sun? Yeah. How much sun are right. you getting? And in what time of the day? So that will be way more important than consuming a vitamin D supplement. I always, always going to refer back to Mother Nature. There's no way around it. You, you're going to have to give yourself this sun bath. Like we're doing with, with our kids once a day, either me or my husband will literally get naked in the backyard with the two That's kids. Awesome. And we just let them hang out for like 20 minutes and just absorb all of this. And we're going to do it somewhere between 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., mind-blowing yes. right like yes this is the time unless you see that the uv is really high all right so let it go but if the uv is healthy take this time now understand yes. that when you combine the right nutrients from your diet will then help the sun to do its work and to convert this cholesterol into that this vitamin d into the cholesterol and continue the cycle, feed the body with all the nutrients that we need and the environmental, um, prevent environmental blockages, toxins that prevent from the nutrients to, to absorb well and allow them to, the good stuff to come. So environment, it's like I said, just, you know, like lotions, um, smells, deodorants, perfume. Yeah. Right, like even perfume, like remove, yeah. reduce those things as much as you can, and yeah, that's that will be the fundamental. You know what's funny? Come on, like what, like on an anniversary, if we, we have, yeah, maybe we dress up, but other than that, we're not like showering and putting perfume. Yeah, and you know what's so funny? Um, something that we've noticed because it's already you know, and the same thing happens with food. How we desens our we desensitize ourselves. I used to not really notice these smells, but once you stay away from them for so long, for example, I would go to my mom's house and I could not, I, I finally got her to change it. I was like, mom, I can't even sleep on these sheets. Yeah. The smell is so strong it's too much. Yeah. that it, it's giving me a headache. Like it's thick almost. And I'm like, it's this tide, like this detergent that you're using. you got to use something else that doesn't have all these fragrances. So it's so funny how you actually become more sensitive to yeah. it over time. I can't even stand those smells. Like yeah. I walk by those, I walk by that store in the mall, and I'm like, oh god, it's so yes. bad. And the worst thing is like with the cleaning, with the with the personal care stuff. Like you're using that every, every day. day. Yeah. The deodorants. I tell my friends, I'm like, dude, it's just so sweat it out for. They're like, well, I'm sweating. I'm like, you got to detox. Like you're gonna be sweating for at least a few weeks. You've been doing this every day your whole entire life suppressing that sweat that sweat gland so yeah yeah it's, yeah it's, and it's not it's easy because a lot of these women are so concerned with how they look and you know it's those when they're in this sensitive situation they're relying on a lot of this external good feeling things that they need yeah. in order to feel better about themselves to wear yeah. my makeup in the morning, yeah. to put my perfume, to smell good yeah. to my husband. You know, we, we're like telling so many stories and it's um, really tough in that sense to really let go. So here's the thing. So whenever I work with clients, so there's three components, right? So like we said, mindset, environment, and nutrition. So I want to be super honest here. If a woman would just take the nutrition component 
and neglect everything else, but she would be super, super obedient in that area, she will probably make it happen. Yeah. Okay. Let's just be honest. So nutrition is my 99%. The 1% is environment and mindset because you can have a very bad state here. It's just the reality. Like we can't lie about this. I have to be honest. You can have a horrible mindset, be totally negative, eat the right food and get pregnant. It's true. 100%. But don't we want it all? Like, yes. don't we just want? And that leads me to a huge mindset thing that every woman that is trying to conceive and can't really need to change and master. It's really big because when you ask a woman that is struggling, what does she want more than anything else? She would tell you to get pregnant. But when yes. you start to dig deeper, you're asking, wait, is this really what you want? Because what if you get pregnant and you get a miscarriage? Because it's very, very common. It's yeah. very right. common. You know, so the miscarriage rate is ridiculously high when you're not implementing the changes. That's very true. So this is a lot of the times why women are going through multiple cycles of IVF because they have the miscarriage happening there. So really what you want to focus on is to have a healthy child that is coming out of this pregnancy. You want to look at the end result, the end goal and strive for that and think about that and have that in your mind and all the questions and all the affirmations and all the things that you're going to be doing through your process are going to be directed to the end result, which is not getting pregnant which is having a healthy, safe birth right. and child. That's what you really want. It's a, it's, this is a mindset game changer that many women are just like, oh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's just that this getting pregnant, this, you know, posting this um, picture of... Yeah, the posting the little stick, right? Oh, it's positive. Yeah. And then you see a bunch Yay. of posts of women that are posting. His life was so short, but it was impactful. Great. Have you received the result that you wanted? Is this what you're striving for? Right. Let's be honest. Like, let's just think about this for a second. We want to get you to yes. a healthy baby. And then we want to make another healthy baby. And another healthy baby. Right. As many as you want. This IVF thing is just solving a tiny little thing. I agree. I agree so much. It's so true. You do. You become, you do become obsessed with like the test. It even mm-hmm. happened to me. And I was like, I was good with my diet. For me, I feel like it was a lot of maybe the mindset stuff. Um, I became obsessive about it. And then it's just hilarious how it all works. Like you're doing the, the, the uh, what would I do? Oh, my, my body temperature. I would do oh my, my basal body temperature, um, the ovulation strips, all of this crazy stuff for nine months. The one month that I said I'm done because I had to get, I was going to get, you know, see if I needed to get a a, a knee surgery. And I was just like, oh, I'm done. I'm like, I guess I'll just wait. It's so funny. That month I got pregnant and it's like my mindset. I wasn't even trying. I wasn't tracking what day it was. It was actually, it was actually early. Remember because I don't remember, but I remember. It's just hilarious. I'll tell you because I remember this perfectly. She, I'll never forget like the first or second month she started to read about conception and learn about it and about how hard it is. And she goes, did you know that this, 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 and this? And I'd be like, (laughs) no. And then it became like a a chore. And it's funny, I was going to ask about this, but I feel like we covered it already. So I'll I'll skip this question. But like, it's, it's so hilarious because I was leaving town, remember? No. I, well, I remember this perfectly. I was leaving town and it was like, day 11 we still kind of knew like what day it was that's that's how you're wrong but it's okay you don't remember anything we were going to look at names but it's okay go ahead okay this is what i remember i remember that i was i had to leave town for a trip and um and that we thought that it was it was early and but it didn't matter i was leaving town and we weren't really it wasn't something that we were really caring about and 
we just said we're going to schedule the orthopedist appointment. We scheduled the orthopedist appointment and for the next month, yeah. and the next month you were pregnant. Yeah, that's how I remember. Oh yeah, yeah, I scheduled the appointment, but I was like, and I never made it. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that mindset piece is yeah somehow so what important. You did, but I agree with you on the. What diet. you did, you let go, and that's again one yeah. of the things that I'm teaching in mindset that we have to let it go. We have to yeah. let it go, and then just. Uh, be immersed in the process into making the right choices on a daily basis and let go of the thought and and that's it it's it's a part of, it's it's a very important component many times i get that uh i just like you know i i was just like ready to let it go for a while and then boom the magic is happening and um i totally believe in that and another thing this is that um many times when women are they're looking for that result so badly, the pregnancy, that they're willing to sacrifice how the pregnancy is going to be like. And understand that an IVF pregnancy is setting you up for a, um, a pregnancy that is in risk in any way. So yes. from conceiving twins where you are not necessarily want or triplets or even more to, you know, oftentimes couples need to make a decision to eliminate one embryo and that's super painful that you're putting yourself in this condition because of the process that you're right. choosing and then you're putting yourself into a high risk for diabetes uh, gestational diabetes then and a bunch of other okay. it's just a roller coaster and it doesn't end and so what's the like most common mindset that you have heard uh, a woman going into pregnancy when she starts to like having the the, the morning sickness and all of this stuff, stuff uh, all of these things, you would hear something like, well, pregnancy is hard and parenting is, is really hard. So it's just preparing me for life. Yeah. Right? It's like the yeah. most common one. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, this is not how I want my experiences in life to be like. And I'm telling you that it doesn't have to be so like that. True. It doesn't have to be like that. And the, and again, social media is full with information, false information. You have like all this uh, beautiful um, um, infographs or women that are actually posting themselves with a little sign with the letters, you know, um, this is how it looks like. And she's throwing up into the um, toilet in the first three, three months. And I'm saying, Listen, it doesn't need to be like that. You don't have to. And if you understand that the whole time from the second you conceived, your baby is communicating with you and it's telling you yes. what to do. So if you're vomiting, if you're um, feeling um, extremely tired, if you're having heartburns, if you can't sleep, it's really your body and the baby inside of you telling you, mommy, something, I need something else. Something here needs to change because there's a direct correlation between the food that we're eating to nauseousness and, and to all of the other phenomena, phenomena that we're educated to think that it's absolutely normal. Everybody's like that. So yeah. when I went through my pregnancy, I would probably should have thought, oh my God, I'm not normal. Like, what am I doing? I'm not normal. I don't experience all of these things. What is what is happening? What, what's wrong with me? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And instead, I was like, oh, maybe that's how it should be like when you're doing it right. Yeah. And I have yeah. a protocol uh, for the week before the, the delivery where a woman should be eating uh, the diet in a certain way in order to give herself a very pleasant uh, birth. So for the birth itself, there's a specific protocol for what to do in that time, which is really different than the rest of the time because our body and hormones are changing. And there is a way to prepare, prepare the, the ligaments of the pelvis, pelvis to yes. become more flexible in order to get this delivery faster and literally more pleasant. Um, we had both of our sons at home in a home birth and it's a life-changing transformation. Yes. I mean, I can talk just about this endless amount of time. And I'm telling you that <laughs> I was capable to do that only because 
of this thing. And it's not luck. There is no luck here. It's just doing certain things that create this result. And any woman can do that. Any woman. And I think it's a huge gift, right? So when you're starting to think about, when you're talking to a woman that is suffering from infertility, talking with her about how your labor is going to be like and having an easier pregnancy and then recover from pregnancy uh, within two weeks and go back to your normal life. This is all like just like a such a dream that they find it really hard to even like to even put that on their bucket list because it's just so far away and I want to get that closer. I mean, that's what you deserve. That's what you can get. That's what you should have. That's what I want every woman to have, to let go of everything that we believed that a pregnancy and, and child delivery should look like. Let go. So good. Yes, this is so true. And um, that's amazing that you had your home births. My sister, she had two home births. And um, all of this stuff plays in. It's like we need to realize that everything like we're taught to fear. We're taught to fear, even the way that they portray child labor in movies, right? Like the woman is like screaming and like all this stuff. So you go into it in, with fear. Like you go into yeah. it, you're resisting something that you should be open to. So yeah, I love that. We need more people spreading this around so that more women can have better experiences. But again, there's always money to be made <laughs> for certain things. Yeah. And we're constantly going to just be battling that. And so I'm just grateful to have like platforms like this where we can get reach people because there is another way. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's, we've covered so many. I know she, I she, she, she answered a bunch of our questions. That's the thing. I so, think this one, let's just yeah, talk about yeah. this in specific because then we can. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this one. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. So we have, so we, you know, we've heard so many success stories. Um, you know, we have from close friends and family on why the ketogenic diet has been so successful for them. You know, there's even like a thing with keto babies because a lot of women that come into it with maybe PCOS, it's like, Hey, be careful. You thought you couldn't get pregnant, but there's a lot of surprise keto babies. Right. Um, and that's so effective, but you know, in what other areas do you think, you know, this lifestyle, um, can improve a woman's fertility too and just her her ability to have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby so okay so once a woman is starting so first of all i would definitely say that if a woman is struggling to get into the process she needs to start with a diet about two to six months before and yeah and right. and to get those micro right exactly so that's a good time and it that depends on how much uh damage the body has suffered before um that will basically determine the how much time she needs to recover and replenish um this this nutrient lost and and just a little bit of side note when it's between children when it's between pregnancies oh, yes, the recommendation please. is a minimum of two years I haven't done that. I, I learned that after. Um, and this is why I'm waiting now more because I'm going to have two more. And But a yeah. good time to wait in between pregnancies is two years to replenish all of those nutrients back to the body, yeah. especially if you're nursing. It keeps on depleting the body from more nutrients. But that's exactly the point. This depletion of nutrients is really so much minimized when you're on this diet. So yeah. even if you're trying to lose weight after you choose that body, uh, that baby weight after in between, you will still more likely to replenish your body, even though you're trying to lose weight and get, you know, in a, into a better shape without losing your milk, if you're trying to, to nurse. And that will be just uh, um, the best Thing to do in terms of uh, <clears throat> giving back the body the nutrient that he needs. Now, in the pregnancy itself, so you will be free from nausea. You would not suffer from swollen, swollen, how do you say that? Swollen 
Swollen, yeah, swollen, swollen, swollen legs um, and ankles. You know, like knees, um, uh, feet, yes. all of like your body's just like even breast tenderness is absolutely. It's just no, no. It's not there. It doesn't exist. Uh, pain back, joint uh, uh, issues, uh, pains, all of those things are totally eliminated while you're in the diet and in pregnancy. Now, our um, Insulin uh, sensitivity is changing throughout the months of pregnancy. So in the third trimester, the woman is actually using her uh, fat as her prime source of fuel, regardless on what diet she is. Even if she's on a high-carb diet, in a processed diet, on a bad diet, sad diet, doesn't matter, her body is mainly using fat as a prime source of energy. So what does that mean, by the way, for the preferences of the baby, right? Because the baby's <laughs> just receiving the, all the um, energy. He chooses what kind of energy he wants to grow on and he chooses fat. And there's a, actually science that shows that he is taking from the mother every, he's extracting every bite of ketones that he can in order to grow. Yeah. So in yeah. that Part, she will really experience better sleep, like really, really high quality sleep. Energy, it's unbelievable. It's just you don't experience those fatigue, um, you know, crashes. And you're, you're really are capable, not just to work basically until the day that you're delivering. But if you're working out, like for me, it was super important to perform in the gym throughout the whole pregnancy. You know, I'm weightlifting and I'm doing CrossFit. The day before I delivered both of my kids, I was squatting heavy at the gym. Yes. Okay. I know. I love so it. for a woman that is caring about her fitness and want to maintain that, it's really important. Another huge thing is listen to this. Being in an anabolic state, so when a woman is pregnant, by definition, she's in anabolic state because she is growing a human. It's just what's happening. So how beautiful it is that you can use the pregnancy to put on more muscle on yourself. (laughs) That's amazing. Just to use this condition to put more muscle on yourself so that, I mean, we all understand the benefit of putting more, more muscle, okay? Then you get um, to experience a way easier birth, way easier birth, because you're nurturing all of these ligaments and, and tendons and uh, muscles with everything that they need to open up, to stretch, and to go back to a normal size after pregnancy. And so fast and easy, the right. Recovery is just unbelievably fast. Patch marks. We don't have them on pregnancy, okay, in, in a keto diet. Why? Because you're giving your body so much collagen and so many of those amazing bees that help you to not even have that phenomena. More? I mean, <laughs> so many, right? And then you will see that so the body will just... Uh, go into that phase, uh, the recovery part, so much faster. You would lose that belly bump that many women are walking with like three, four, six months yeah. after. I remember my weight, my weight, my midwife, sorry, in my first pregnancy, my midwife is vegan and she experienced oh. this pregnancy with me. And she's like, I don't support what you're doing, but whatever it is that you're doing, <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Keep on doing what you're doing. <laughs> And she just saw my body. She came to visit two days after the pregnancy, after the delivery with my first one. Wow. And she was like, I don't understand. I don't understand this. (laughs) That's amazing. Another thing that is very important is in the nursing phase. So here's what happens and can confuse and freak out a lot of women that are going into that phase. It's really important. So... Milk is coming in and we need the baby to start nursing, right? To get that done. And so what happens is that because we're on the keto diet, 
and we want to maintain that, the breast is not fueling up with with, uh, liquids as the breast of the woman that is on a high-carb diet. So it's just retaining water, basically. When we eat more carbs, we retain more water in all of our body and also in the breast. So then women, it's, it's a psychological thing that you have to understand. What happens is because my body doesn't retain water, from carbohydrates, I don't get that that full breast that women are yes. used to be maybe on a high carb diet before the previous pregnancies and now they're not. So they get confused. And now they start to think that they're not producing enough milk. And they start right. to doubt themselves. And then they start to listen to the mother-in-law. And then they start to... <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. The mother- so <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Just get on formula. Not nothing but a high carb diet. And what are you doing to your child? And or start drinking some milk. You and stop oh it. Gosh. And you're keep those noises on mute. Understand that you are right now producing dense, nutrient dense milk for your child. And yes. that doesn't need a lot of volume of liquid. You want to give him more liquid? Give him water. Okay. So yes, exactly. of course, it needs to receive water from breast as well, but it doesn't mean that, you know, that needs to be 90% of what he's receiving. What he needs to receive is the nutrition from it. And so this is why you would see many women that are on a high-carb diet nursing for like an hour. The baby is there for an hour and it doesn't, he's not full, he's not you know, he, he's not getting enough nutrition. Wow. He's getting water, but not enough nutrition. And then after two hours, he's hungry again. Okay. Unlike a, a, a diet, a woman that is on the keto diet while nursing, and she's already adapted to the diet, she would be capable to nurse five to 10 minutes and then have this baby rest from eating for five, six, maybe seven hours. Pretty fast we go to that stage, like within a month or two, we get to a point where the baby can eat every three, four, five. I got to like nine hours sometimes with a one month old baby. And it's like the baby's fasting, fasting and feasting. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's really, really important to understand that because that's again, a psychological thing that we tell he's a baby. He needs to grow. He needs to eat very often, every two hours, every hour and a half. That's how it should be. He's not eating. I'm stressed. No, no. Trust me, a baby. He can tell you when he's hungry. <laughs> he can tell you when he's hungry. He will tell you. And plus, check the weight. You know, if your baby is gaining weight all the time, does it really matter if he eats every seven hours or every two hours? What is if he poops? If it's he's true. peeing, pooping, and growing. I mean, what? Okay, so eliminating exactly. this outsourcing, outsourcing constantly. I mean, I've, I've made this mistake. Listen, in my first pregnancy, I already knew all of this. And because it was my first, I allowed self-doubt to yes. come in and to play with my mind. And I allowed, yes. um, I love my mother-in-law. Okay, and I'm sure that she wanted the best for me, but she didn't understand what I'm doing. And a lot of the times they're not interested in in understanding. So be knowledgeable, know what you're doing, stop outsourcing self-confidence. Ask somebody that knows, (laughs) that really knows. And, And that really takes me to, you know, information that is out there. I read a lot of books and I... I honestly even love to read like things that are controversial to what I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's important. And I haven't read all the books out there about fertility, but there is a lot. A lot of books about PCOS, uh, hormones, um, endometriosis, diet, infertility, a lot. So my question is, why is infertility right raising? I mean, if you can read everything in a book. It's not for a lack of info. Okay. And what's happening there, they do break down the 
the, and make the woman, the reader, understand what's happening in terms of our, our hormones in the body. But then what they do is generally they prescribe a low glycemic diet. That's the most common diet that is out there on websites, on, on very highly rated uh, fertility-related books. Low glycemic diet. And I want to say something about this. If I need to choose whether to have a low glycemic high in carbohydrate diet versus I can eat a tiny little piece of sugary, unhealthy piece of cake once a day that has less than 20 grams of sugar in it, carbohydrate in it, I will choose option number two. Because, and again, it's not like I'm, this is what I think we should be choosing on a daily basis, but if I decide to go with a keto diet or I decide to go with a, any kind of diet, the lowering down of carbohydrates is way more important than the type of carbohydrates that we're eating. And this is a big thing in all of the books that are prescribing diets. They're going to the healthy part, eat the healthy carbs, eat the low glycemic carbs. Yeah. But when you're eating low glycemic carbs and you're loading with them, the body doesn't know the difference. Exactly, it doesn't. So women have to understand, and I totally get the frustration when a woman says, I tried everything. My diet is the best. I'm eating the best foods on the planet. It's rich in fruits and vegetables and uh, whole rice and, and quinoa and like and fat and animal exactly. fat and egg yolks and beef liver liver and sardines. Yes. yes. Okay, so what is it more? Chicken breast or chicken thighs? You know? Yes. So this is a huge shift that we have to do. Okay? And understanding that this whole low fat, healthy carb is just not the way to go. It's not the way to go. This was so good. Leah, seriously, you thank you. So many things that I didn't think of. Yeah, I love, well, there's a few things. Number one, you talked about something from the very beginning that we've, we've been so focused on, which is the importance of language. Um, and like, I love that you mentioned because I've actually, I recently was, um, that one episode that I told you about, um, about, uh, the, the, believe it or not, this, you, you, you'd be surprised. This was about, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the uh, Gulag Archipelago, totally unrelated subject. Unrelated. Um, it was about, you know, communism and how. But basically, they were talking about blame versus responsibility yeah, blame. and how responsibility has been conflated with blame. Yes. And blame is not, I mean, ultimately, if it's something bad, then blame could be responsibility. You know, there's, there's a little bit of an overlap. Right, but right. taking responsibility is so empowering. And so many people, especially when things aren't going their way, they, they, they may not be looking for it, but all they're given is reasons to not accept responsibility and to, because there's always someone trying to help, you know, and right. usually the person trying to help you is really also trying to help themselves more than anything. So taking responsibility, number one, um, I love how you mentioned the way um, this is something that we're going to start incorporating to like telling people like, Everybody knows now that there's like now 70 ways that sugar are listed that are not right. sugar. Yes. And now we, we should. But we people, don't think that way about estrogen. Yeah, xenoestrogens. People should know all the different names. Yeah. And, um, you know, for example, Maura loves Beauty Counter because it actually, it performs and it's actually healthy. And if you want, what is the, the never ever list? Yeah, I'll send it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, but that's, but we're starting there, right? Like we're starting yeah. in the beauty industry, but. The truth is, is that if you don't really, it's just with like the makeup and, and you have to be one of these people that like is interested in this, but we don't, we need to tell people like the same thing. It, it's with everything. Sure. Right. And I love that you talked about like even the texture and the smells, because these are things that we are conditioned 
mm-hmm. to think that we need. And one example that I love to use because it's so obvious, and I've been using like this bentonite clay-based toothpaste for a really long time. And oh, so the foaming, that's another thing. Like the fact that yeah. it's foamy, yeah, people so think they foamy. need that. They're like, oh, it doesn't foam. I'm like, it doesn't like it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Like it's like you're conditioned yeah. to actually need these textures. So, so crazy. the same with shampoo. Yeah. If I mean, it's foamy so much. Same with shampoo. If it doesn't foam, it's yeah. not cleaning, but that's not true. Like look, I like one thing that another another analogy that I'll use is um when we used to eat more carbs, we would be there. We would have a variance in the way we looked from day to day. Oh yeah. Some days we would look skinnier. Some days we would look, you know, puffier. The water. And the same thing with smells. Like we would smell good sometimes and smell bad sometimes. Like you always smell good. You know, <laughs> always. My wife always. We went camping. Good. I didn't shower. Camping. But that's because of my diet. I truly yes. believe that it's like my diet. Yeah. That... Your diet, but also we've we've already gone. And everybody's on their own path. And and going back to taking responsibility, the cool thing is that it's okay to be where you are. We were where you are, and now we're just we're just a little bit ahead of you. All we have on you is time. For certain people, you know, um, if you're just getting started, and you will get to where we are, and that's okay. But you just keep on learning more, and more and more. Yeah. So. I mean, all of these things are just... Because um, it can be intimidating, and I understand yeah. that. Like, even when we tried to get rid of plastic, right? Um, yeah. And we did, we did it, but it's so intimidating at first. Like, when you read that book, right? We, we, read, we read the same book, Astro Generation, and I tell my friends, I go, this is the best book, but it's also the worst <laughs> book. Because, not that it's the worst book, but it's really bad news. Yeah. It's really bad news, but there's a... There's a solution at the end. And the reason that I say it's kind of bad news is because it's one of those things that it's so daunting to think of how it infiltrates every aspect of our life. Because the truth is, is that no matter what we do, even if we are our products, like everything, we're still going to be exposed. We're still going to be exposed. That's why we need to utilize things like the sauna and stuff like that to try to detox where we can. So I can understand how people can get overwhelmed, but you just do one thing at a time. Like start with something, start with your deodorant, start with, the, start with your self-care products and go like little by little. When yeah. you run out of those plug-in things, don't, don't refill them, throw it out. Yeah. Try to use, you know, just try to use something else. There's, there's so many products now. Yeah. We didn't have products when I was, um, and you know, when you were speaking, it was kind of blowing my mind too, because I, I had two different pregnancies and two separate experiences with two separate lifestyles. And yeah. it's so true. You know, with my, First, I was eating whatever I wanted, high carb, terrible recovery from, from labor, just really just very painful, hard pregnancy, you know, swollen. My second, I was doing the Weston A. Price diet for nursing moms, for nursing and pregnant moms, low carb. I was already doing like, you know, paleo, but very low carb and high fat, drinking my raw milk and and I didn't have any of this. I didn't have any of these symptoms. I rec- and the recovery. I didn't even think of the recovery part. I like felt like I got up and walked out of that like when you were like that labor like nothing. Right. You were doing pull ups at seven months. I was doing know, CrossFit and, and and like yeah, it, it, it's so true. And you had a it was a forty five minute pushing with vomiting compared to ten minutes of pushing. Yeah. And just looking at me like. Okay. Like as if nothing. Yeah, yeah. And people can argue, oh, that's your second pregnancy, you know. You, but still, it was. It's it was still, it's night how do you guys uh, so, <clears throat> source your uh, milk and eggs? Well, if we do have milk, we're always gonna go for raw. We barely ever have milk. Like we just don't have a lot of milk lately. Um, I love. We both love raw milk and raw dairy. And raw goat milk too. I, I Are you connected milk. to? Yes. So we have a farmer. We have a local farmer. Yeah. yeah, we're lucky. We have a local farmer here that when he's got it available, he'll call us up. Hey, we've got some raw milk. Which I'm like, okay, I'll get some. Tomorrow, yeah. And he's got eggs too. And so, duck eggs. Yeah, and duck eggs. So we try to source whatever we can. We just found a local rancher where we get our meat. Um, that's another thing, supporting yeah. these small these small farmers and, and taking the kids to see the process. It's just, it's super important. And you, you talked about too, like how we're going to be exposed no matter what. If we're at the level of like, we're going towards level 10 now, mm-hmm. where we're trying to leave the city. And that's like, it's not, it's, it's maybe not in the very close future, 
but it's the next step. And it's like becoming now just moving further away from the food system and the, um, the what do you call it? The, um, the, the chain, the, no, like, well, that too, the, hamster, the, hamster but I mean, and the supply chain, oh, the supply, away chain, from the supply yes. chain and, and just in every part of your, and all of this stuff is so related, you know, it's, it's very much related because if, if you are dependent on a system where almost everything is so tainted already, you know, you're going to complain. Of course, you're going to complain because you, you, you're still dependent on the system, but when you don't need the system anymore, or you have local friends that can take care of yeah. all of these things for you, then you don't you don't have to complain anymore. And that goes back to having a good mindset and being happy. So yeah. um, where can people find you? We're going to put a link, of course, to um, the, what is it? It's Resilient Fertility. Yeah. Is that the, that's the yes, name? Yes, the YouTube. Where, and where else can people find you? Yeah, any other exciting projects you have that you want to share? Well, I'm currently uh, perfecting my... Uh, uh, the program that I'm making that is built on my three pillars, the mindset and uh, environment and uh, nutrition. So um, that's that's right now what I'm focused on. And um, you can, uh, uh, any woman that wants to enjoy more of my content on my Facebook group, um, I Am Fertility. And I, I Am Fertility. fertility. Okay. And... Um, my YouTube channel, like you said, Resilient Fertility. And uh, of course, my Instagram, where I communicate constantly with uh, um, women that are looking for solutions. And that's Leah Tep. And yeah, that, that's Leah all right Tep. now. For now. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Leah. This was thank awesome. We're so happy me. that we got thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Yes, it was and great. I really hope to connect more and grow and learn as much as we can together. And that's our community, so we should nurture it as much as we can. I agree. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.